Through their investment in the Minnesota Corn Checkoff, corn growers are fueling research and initiatives that build a more sustainable future for farmers and all Minnesotans. The Minnesota Corn Podcast introduces you to the individuals who are shaping future ag practices, identifying new markets, and promoting agriculture with the non-farming public. Our guest for this episode is Chris Nicholas, co-founder and president of Lockrell Technologies. Our desire is to catalyze sustainability in chemical processes. We have an outstanding uh, catalytic process in order to convert corn-derived sugars into acrylic acid and the acrylate derivatives. So acrylic acid and, and the acrylates are widely used across modern life today. Right? They're, they're used in everything ranging from superadsorbent polymers that are used in, say, like diapers and uh, detergents. All the way on through a whole number of applications, including acrylic uh, fabrics and a significant number of paints, coatings, and adhesives technologies. So what we've got is a technology to sustainably produce uh, these materials and drop them into the existing uh, formulations that a number of different companies utilize today. Kind of a generic question, but I'm curious as to your answer to it. Why corn? Why why is corn the right... um base tool for this, if you will. Here in North America, the sugar source that is utilized throughout the United States is corn, right? So of the the 14.4 billion bushels of corn that are produced, a significant fraction goes into uh, fermentation processes, whether that's for ethanol or into uh, wet mills that then do a number of different fermentation processes, one of which is lactic acid. It's the the dominant sugar source in North America today. As far as a timeline here, from the point at which this business was an idea in in your mind as a co-founder to where you're at today, just sort of get us up to speed. And and you don't have to be really detailed, but just kind of from from your starting point to today, are we talking years or or what's the backstory? Yeah, so we started up uh, earlier this year. So we're spinning out of the University of Minnesota. So my co-founder is a professor of chemical engineering there uh, by the name of Paul Dauenhauer. And he had a pretty interesting catalytic uh, discovery uh, late last year. So maybe October, November. And we started talking after they had uh, filed their patent applications about, you know, what what are the applications of this overall technology? Uh, Does it make sense for the market? And got the the company started up uh, earlier this year. And then we're anticipating about a three-year R&D runway in order to finish out some of the the scaling technology that's necessary in order to to get us to commercial scale uh, for the sustainable production of uh, acrylic acid and the acrylates. And then start offering our catalyst sales and uh, process licensing into the overall market. Started up earlier this year, about a three-year runway to make it into commercial-scale, sustainable production of uh, these important chemicals. So you're co-founder with a connection back to Minnesota, and I bring that up because I understand that the Minnesota Corn Growers Association, which pointed me to you, is is paying close attention to Lockerl Technologies. Yeah, we're certainly happy to have them on board with a, a research grant. Uh, they've been our first supporters and have been uh, great partners to work with so far. From the the Corn Growers Association to the farmer members, uh, I mean, I can connect some dots as far as the value for for farmers that produce corn, but I don't know if you've had many conversations with farmers or or how close those connections have been for you, but but to me it seems like a, a great opportunity uh, as 
farmers are always looking for uh, new demand opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I was born in Michigan, you know, relatively uh, rural location, saw a number of different uh, farms throughout the, the course of my life. Even lived down in uh, Champaign-Urbana for a while. And what I like about this overall opportunity is that it's a, it's a way to get a sustainable production of a chemical that's used on large scale today. And, you know, these, these opportunities, so the way the lactic acid is currently fermented uh, from the corn-derived sugars, you'll see about a 100-gallon fermenter that's utilized in, uh, as a traditional uh, outlet to make the lactic acid. So for our technology to go from the sustainable lactic acid to a sustainable acrylic acid or acrylate, uh, what we would see is that for a 30,000 metric ton uh, a year plant of uh, the acrylates, we would utilize about 2 million bushels of corn uh, each year. So but a significant amount, but not enough to worry about having to significantly increase the, the overall acreage, uh, for example. Uh, but it gives a, a resilience factor to the corn growers. And there's up to about 250 plants uh, total that would be necessary. Uh, so that's about uh, a total of 600 million bushels of corn that might go into the overall sustainable production of acrylic acid and the acrylate this. You would be honing in on that, that large consumer audience that cares about the environment and they're paying attention to uh, carbon footprint and things of that nature. So that would be a pretty strong selling point for your products. Yeah, we have uh, two strong selling points. Uh, so the first is obviously a sustainability argument. There'll be at least a 35% CO2 reduction uh, using our technology uh, in order to get us into a bio-based acrylics uh, that is, would replace the today's petrochemical process. But on top of that, uh, we will be at or around cost parity. And that's the other thing that's actually necessary in order to achieve significant market penetration. So you need to have both a sustainable process with a significant reduction in CO2, check, and also a cost parity to today's petrochemical process. Uh, otherwise, you're, always, you're only going to be playing in a, a niche market. Yeah, and people are, are clearly getting behind this technology. There's a, a contest, the Consider Corn Challenge. What is the, the backstory on this contest and uh, tell us about the, the results here that are going to be released later this month. Yeah, so each year the National Corn Growers Association sponsors the Consider Corn Challenge in order to advance uh, groundbreaking opportunities. Uh, one of the, the items that they're looking for are ways to produce drop-in chemicals uh, from one of the, the corn sources, whether that's uh, whole grain corn, uh, corn starches, or corn-derived sugars. And so our technology uh, allows the conversion of corn-derived sugars uh, to these acrylate derivatives uh, overall. So we're very happy to be recognized as a winner of the third uh, edition of the Corn Challenge and look forward to working with the national corn growers and their, their member associations over the course of time to help uh, scale out this overall technology. Yeah, Chris, you talked earlier about uh, a three-year runway to, to really get off the ground with this. Um, mm -hmm. for, for listeners that want to follow along, and especially those, those corn growers that, that see uh, some real opportunity here, not everything that's planned in the next three years, but maybe some, some key benchmarks along the way and, and really just sort of that take-home message for them as you continue to proceed forward. Yeah, so there's a couple things that we need to accomplish uh, as we 
transition from university-scale research into commercial processing. Right. So the first is, of course, uh, scaling of the, the overall catalyst. We're currently at uh, gram scale currently. And by the time you make about a kilogram scale or so, then you've got a pretty good idea of the ability to be able to make a full-scale uh, production that would be required for our 30,000 metric ton uh, plants. So that should happen within the, the first year or so, so probably by the end of uh, 2022. There's additional things that we need to work out in the overall process, and those will be increasing in scale and also increasing in the fundamental knowledge of them throughout the overall uh, three-year uh, timeline. And of course, part of the the other activities that you're you're doing is ensuring that the techno-economics, right? So the the cost of the overall production winds up being low enough that you actually continue to achieve the the cost parity, and that's something that we continue to have our eyes on over the course of the three years as we uh, continue to increase in scale. And the other thing is that you wind up uh, doing a continuous pilot uh, plant. And that'll be something that we get running in the 2023 timeframe. That allows you to showcase the the overall technology and helps uh, with that first commercial application. Where did the name Lockroll Technologies come from? Yeah, so we had, we were thinking a, a long time about what to call this overall effort, right? And Lockroll itself is actually a portmanteau or a combination of words that offers a reflection on the Scandinavian heritage of a lot of residents of Minnesota from where the, the technology is derived. And if you translate it into Swedish, one of the things it could mean is heal acrylic, showing our desire to bring a sustainable uh, process for the production of acrylics uh, to the overall uh, marketplace. And then we'll, of course, have some additional technologies to kind of keep rolling out. So it's a it's a nice way to kind of show uh, the Minnesota heritage of this overall technology. I like that. Where should people go to learn more about the the company? Yeah, so we're we have a, a website set up at lockrill.com. So that's L-A-K-R-I-L, L-A-K-R-I-L.com. There's also a, a Twitter site set up that's at Lockrill Tech, L-A-K-R-I-L-T-E-C-H. So either of those two should uh, get you some further information about us. Well, Chris, my questions have kind of bounced all over, but anything else about this technology that you want to make sure we mention? Yeah, I mean, we're super excited about the ability to bring a sustainable supply of acrylic acid and acrylates to the overall market. It's one of the things that's significantly necessary in today's world in the acrylic acid is uh, very difficult to replace in a lot of formulations, but because of its petrochemical nature, there's a need for a bio-based alternative to this technology overall. And we think we have the highest yielding bio-based acrylics process now. To learn more about the cooperation between the Minnesota Corn Growers and University of Minnesota Extension, go to mncorn.org.